Jan Swift, and you're listening to Nourish Your Health at Every Age. The choices we make every day impact our health for the good or the bad. This podcast features guests who share the latest information on how people of all ages may achieve optimal health and wellness. We're grateful for the support of Raider, which offers a complete fleet of IT solutions for businesses of all sizes. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work, we understand. If you're wondering if Raider can help your business, please visit RaiderSolutions.com. Cosmos Vickery is our guest today. A certified yoga instructor and massage therapist in Lafayette, Louisiana, Cosmos joins us to discuss what he calls the yoga of living. If you've ever met Cosmos, you know that he brings mindfulness and thoughtfulness to his practice. His lucky students learn to let go, be still, and live in the moment, whether it is in yoga, meditation, or life. I feel blessed to share his beautiful message with you and invite you to experience new ways to exist. Cosmos Vickery, welcome to Nourish Your Health at Every Age. Yeah. How's it going? Um, Great. (laughs) We're sitting here. It's still, I guess the quarantine is being lifted, but we're still taping from my home. (laughs) So I want to thank you for making the time to come visit. Pleasure to be here, really. Social distance in, um, in place. I just want to... Share your message, because I think a lot of what you have to say is so timely for what we've been going through, having mm. to be more quiet and still than most of us are comfortable with. So you can talk about your background, how you got into yoga, meditation, massage therapy, all the things that you do. Thanks for having yeah. me. It's great. Um, so I guess where... My back, my background is mainly massage therapy for the past 13 years and doing deep tissue, pain management, uh, being with my clients and doing a lot of yoga therapy coupled with the massage. So that's my uh, uh, main uh, practice, right. I guess. You grew up in the area. You grew up um, north I grew up of in Lafayette. Lafayette. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. In Lafayette uh, from fourth grade up and uh-huh. before that. Um, I was born on a farm uh, to two hippies that were in the Peace Corps in Jamaica. Wow. And my mom was a midwife and they mm-hmm. were doing yoga. So I really think that's where it mm-hmm. began or the seeds were planted. Right. At least. And that so. wasn't that typical probably when you were an infant for people to be practicing yoga. Or maybe it this was. was. Well, this was the 70s. Yeah. So surely not. And organic <laughs> farming was like, what are you doing over right. there? Right. right. Yeah. So you grew up knowing that this was something that was healthy and good. That's right. So mm-hmm. it was always in me, even when uh, we moved to the city and, you know, I went to Lafayette High School uh-huh. and skateboarding and getting into the worldly stuff. Right. I knew mm-hmm. inside me somewhere that there's more to all of this, right? There's, right. There's something always nagging at me. Well, so. I have something nagging at me. Your name, Cosmos. Is your name James? Cosmos or is it Cosmos? So uh, it's even more complicated. <laughs> so it's Jameis. Jameis. Cosmos. Oh, like, but it's spelled J-A-M-E-S. Right. Oh, but Jameis. But it's pronounced Jameis. Cosmos. Cosmos and is my middle name. were you named after a family member that was named Cosmos? Uh, my father was named James. Uh-huh. My grandfather was named James. And so you so, were named after Jameis. So yeah. <laughs> there it is. They want to make it a little different. And then my dad, being the hippie that he was, uh-huh. right? Let's throw in Cosmos. I love that. So the name means to walk the universe in harmony. Oh, okay. So, Or that's my mom's claim. I'm going to yeah. let her have that. So as a child, did you go by Jameis or Cosmos? Jameis until freshman year in high school, mm-hmm. when suddenly I realized it was cool. Yeah, to right? be different. So yeah. let me go with Cosmos, uh-huh. not to mention they had called me James, and that was driving me nuts right. for many years. But that's tough to correct. Tough yeah. to correct, so I mm-hmm. just let it go. You know? mm-hmm. Okay. This cosmos it is, and there is only one Cosmos. It was so easy. Right, right. <laughs> Got lots of attention. <laughs> so to finish the loop on your education, you went to Lafayette High, and then mm-hmm. when did you start thinking about, did you know early that you wanted to do yoga and, and uh, massage therapy? What I knew early was that I wanted to be out in the world. It was like pulling a slingshot back mm-hmm. in high school and... I wanted to be out in the world and just go and experience it and just be on my own. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I graduated high school, 17, and 
I was in North Carolina growing Christmas trees oh. uh, with illegal immigrants, mm-hmm. you know, and this was probably, this was late 90s mm-hmm. uh, for a whole year and just living. But your parents had somewhat been nomads, it sounds like, when they were young also. They, mm-hmm. they wanted to experience the world. So That's were, right. Were they, they supportive? passed it on. They were supportive Oh, completely. Of I mean, for graduation, they gave me a backpack. That's cool. They're like, go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. All right. But I guess you figured out you needed some kind of education or trade, or how did you? How did all this unfold? So actually, you know, I, I uh, after I did that, I came back and um, I lived in New Orleans and started to go to University of New Orleans. Uh-huh. You know, uh, uh, majoring in fine arts, and a couple of years of that, and I was a valet at Commander's Palace. I was living on my own. I mean. God, I was making more money back then than I do now. Probably. Actually, probably. <laughs> probably a lot more. Yeah. It was fun. Uh-huh. Right. But it was the life that I knew there was more. Again, this thing was nagging me. Mm-hmm. So I think by the time, I think I was 19, two years into that, maybe 20. And I was like, okay, this is nagging me. There's more to this. And you were still so young. <laughs> still. Right. And so I'm like, okay, well, I had this joke going. I was like, well, I'll just go ahead and retire and just live my life right so i gave everything i owned away right at that point Uh and just and just left and said okay it's yoga i hadn't even gone to a yoga class i went to one yoga class with my dad when i was 12 in new orleans on oak street and i could a wonderful teacher named alvina Uh and she was oh so uh, eccentric it was so uncomfortable i really Thought it was awful at 12 years old. There's all these women everywhere. And I'm like, what? This is... Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was my only experience. But I just knew. So I didn't go to a yoga class and was changed. I just said, okay, it's time to do yoga. And I decided to do yoga and give everything I owned away. And that's what I did. Was it a dream or was it just an intuition? Like you just knew in your bones? It it was this nagging thing. It was like my parents had planted these seeds that... There's more to life, mm-hmm. and I kind of have this natural propensity to want to know what's the truth, mm-hmm. and just dig and dig and dig and find what's the best way, what's right. the what's the most the deepest way. I've always had that. Uh-huh. So at that point, it was like, let me, let me go. Here I go. Right. I'm diving in. I'm gonna go for this, and I'm gonna find the truth. So you went to yoga school. Like, how do you get trained? So I just started. Uh, Stretching, and then I met a teacher in Lafayette, actually, who's one of my best friends, uh, a guy named Ryan Hornback, actually. And uh, he was teaching this 5.30 a.m. Ashtanga Vinyasa, one of the most extreme forms of yoga. Mm -hmm. And I just forced myself into these postures. And again, from there, um, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Now, how were you paying? Did you have bills, or were you just like... um living with your parents? How were you surviving while you were knowing what you wanted to do as a 20-year-old? I just have to ask that as a mom. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, let's see. I mean, just tons remember? of jobs. Just yeah. like odd jobs? Uh-huh. Yeah. I always lived on my own, uh-huh. you know? It was kind of, I just, I would never live back in my home I came from. Yeah. And my parents felt the same. Right. We love each other dearly. Too much. But it's like, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. We're meant to live separately and again that thing i wanted to be on my own and when you don't have much you don't really need much that's right like you don't grew up need a lot little. of cash to mm-hmm. get by so i knew i could survive and mm-hmm. that's what i did yeah you know i mean the story goes on <laughs> yeah so you got you really enjoyed it once you decided you're on the path i realized that's all i needed mm-hmm. was this and it was my first sense of uh devotion to something of that magnitude so when I found Ashtanga Vinyasa, I was like, this is it. This is the deepest stuff I could find right now. And so it was six days a week. Oh, my gosh. Two-hour practice, mm-hmm. right? No yoga on the new moon or the full moon. I mean, I followed the strict ways of Ashtanga Vinyasa. And so that's all I needed, a yoga mat, you know, food here and there. I mean, you know, I moved to Black Mountain, North Carolina soon after I had met Ryan. Mm-hmm. Ryan okay. had just moved up there. I was like, okay, I'll go up there. I was headed to Kripalu in Massachusetts. I thought, well, I'll do a work trade program at a yoga right. mecca up there. And I ended up in 
Black Mountain living with my buddy, found a job at a stove and chimney shop cleaning chimneys. Did you wear just, a big hat? Did you have to wear a top hat? I would have loved that. I know we had I one that loved used to that. Wear. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd probably better if you don't wear one, but <laughs> Yeah. That'd have been so cool. Yeah, kind of. But so it was just whatever jobs I could find. It didn't so it was really an adventure. Didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was on the adventure of life. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And I knew I could get by. I knew I could survive. Yeah. And you know, at that point, um, it was just huge transformation. It wasn't it wasn't like uh, some easy transformation. When I made that huge move in my life, I mean, it was uh, trading in an identity, mm-hmm. uh, old identities for a new one. You know, I can see that now in hindsight, that it was like, okay, this is the next, this is a better, deeper mm-hmm. identity of Amashtanga Vinyasa. But it was still yogi. you? Like it, it wasn't trading in cosmos. It was just putting aside the act. Yeah, of, I don't think I could ever trade right. in cosmos. I know, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You just, you could really be yourself or you felt free. Is that what I you're saying? I felt more free. Uh-huh. And it was definitely an alleviation of the the stresses that come with those identities. So I left all these identities from the past, right? Right. But I traded it in for a new one. A, it was a better one, mm-hmm. right? And in, and in hindsight, I can see I did that in this process of kind of right. resting into a deeper sense of mm-hmm. self mm-hmm. that transcends the identities. Right. It doesn't get rid of the identities, right? It mm-hmm. just kind of transcends. Mm-hmm. So that seems to be the path that that happened along the way, all the way to now. But back then, I can see that that was it was a good one. And yeah. My body was transforming. I was doing this intense form, so it was really purifying mm-hmm. through the heat of the yogic practices. And so, when I'm in North Carolina, uh, we notice there's an eco village, a permaculture based eco-village mm-hmm. way up in the mountains outside of Black Mountain, North Carolina. And so me and my buddy decide to go move out there. And this place is like 200 acres, way out there, off-grid. Is that what an eco-village is? They uh, self-sufficient? Like self-sufficient. They have different solar. meanings, uh-huh. right? This was uh-huh. totally off-grid. It's all solar power. Uh-huh. Um, Grow your own. Hydropower off of the rivers and the creeks and... Can Everybody's you grow food there? Oh, yeah. Even oh, yeah. during the winter? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, hoop house, tunnels. Oh, okay. Right? You can do a lot during the winter. Yeah. That's pretty In cool. reality, you still have to bring Yeah, you got to have some outside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah but, but they still. didn't. They only, I mean, it was permaculture, so they didn't allow any domesticated animals. So it was vegan. Right. Living. Uh-huh. Right. Right. No pigs. No, no eggs. No yeah. cows. Uh-huh. Uh, no mothers. What is it? Nothing with a mother or a uh, face. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's what some vegans tell me. <laughs> so I'm out there in this eco village, right? Yeah. And I and I start to do, I was out there for about two to three years. I'm out there in this eco village and they're all trying to save the planet. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't care about any of this. I'm into yoga. I'm just going to yeah. do my practice right. every day. And where it's at is the deeper practice of going deep and going deep meditation i was meditating you know 30 to 45 minutes a day at that point too Mm -hmm. so the world could burn down around me at that point and i had my practice so out there it's kind of you know there's all kinds of stories about living out there and how i lived so these people were living in all natural housing i was an apprentice so i was like living in a barn Oh gosh! At one point, uh-huh. like bats flying around at oh, no. night. Oh my oh, god, no. it was wild. There's not enough meditation for me. No money. I didn't have money for at least two years. Uh-huh. It was just working trade for my food, mm-hmm. and sometimes I lived, you know, a mile outside of the village into the mountains in like an old abandoned, you know, house that somebody had started to right. build. You know, I have wild stories about that kind of stuff. So time went by. <laughs> what what happened? Did you just get another intuition or wake up and say, I, I need to be pursuing my passion? You know what happened was that in the, in, in the last year of the eco-villages, because there was three of them that I was living in, but um, I apprenticed for an acrylic painter who traveled around selling paintings. Mm-hmm. And he was a sannyasin of Osho, uh, 
Sri Bhagwan Rajneesh. What's that? He was the famous uh, guru who came to the United States and bought up all this land in Oregon and had this whole commune. I see. It was so controversial, Mm -hmm. right? And so I was living with one of his sannyasins. He had already passed away by then. And, Mm -hmm. and, And this guy really changed my perspective. So, you know, the Osho perspective is kind of like, don't let life upset you, upset life, mm-hmm. right? Really go for it. Yeah. Really, you know, so he was always working on me to open up deeper than my rigid mm-hmm. practice. Probably like to wake you up. Wake me up, live life, life yeah. experience life. Uh-huh. And I was very much just into the depth of doing a practice every day, every mm-hmm. day. And I was getting a little comfortable with that, I think, yeah. you know, even though it was so hard. I was devoting all my energy to that. Mm-hmm. So he really, in many ways, just opened me up. And by that time, by the time he was done with me, I was ready to go out there and be a lover and experience life uh-huh. and not lose my practice of yoga. No, just right? compliment it. But yeah. just open up and go uh-huh. out there. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what, I'll give it to him. His name was Vedanta. That was his given name by Osho. Mm-hmm. I don't even know his real name. So you were able to leave the eco Leave the eco village. village. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where did you end up? So from that point, um, I moved back down to Louisiana for about two months with my buddy, uh, mm-hmm. to Ryan. live with my buddy Ryan uh-huh. again, and then took off to South Mexico for a couple of months, uh, Guatemala, and I was in a... I was, Go and travel to meet other sannyasins. So I was part of a network of Osho sannyasins. Mm-hmm. And so again, it was the same thing. It was kind of like I, I went, I kind of got more comfortable with my practice and traveling's fun. It's great. Mm-hmm. All space is the same space, though. That's kind of what I realized. No matter where you are, no matter where I am, the practice is the there same. You are, the meditation huh? is the same. Yeah. It's like, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I went back to Louisiana. I knew what I wanted, and it was this woman. Oh, you met her. And I went and got that woman. Like you met Uh her, uh huh. (laughs) And she probably wanted you to be a little bit more traditional, huh? Or what was she also? So I actually met her in uh, the eco village. Okay, so maybe she was open. She was from Lafayette, Louisiana. I Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So I knew what I wanted, and I went and got it. Uh It was very much like this. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm ready for this. I mean, I had a very small backpack, right, and a yoga mat. That's and it. You had you to offer. You were offering yourself. That's it. I right. was offering presents. And she I was liked offering, that. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Come on, what <laughs> woman doesn't like? want that, right? <laughs> Guys, you know, no. get Forget it together. Forget the Maserati. I mean, <laughs> presents. Yeah, I'm kidding, but you know what I'm saying. It's like, I do, especially in Lafayette. I do. This, you know, entrepreneurial. Um, spirit people you know wildcatters and this is probably very refreshing to her to meet somebody that's like her like her her spirit it's funny too this this kind of presence that you can offer at any moment right you can enter into it it's not exclusive to the yogis right or the deep spiritual people who hold these identities it's it's not i mean high functioning lawyers and um, business people, some of them have it. Some of them have that presence that they can Mm -hmm. just exude. Mm -hmm. Now, what you do with that presence is, right? Right. Are you offering, you know, for the sake of others Mm -hmm. in a, maybe, how would I put it? Not selfless, but maybe self-forgetful way. Yeah, where you're not in it just for about, it's not all about you. It's not about it's just, not just what about you need. You. It's about the, the greater And also, good. it's not about pushing yourself away. Mm-hmm. And because there's been that's been done right, with a lot of these spiritual practices is to suppress the yeah. ego or to kill the ego or to push the identities away. No, no, it's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's really resting into the depth and then having fun with the identities. Yeah. You know, and, and using the identities. They're just... Mm-hmm. They're just uh, kind of spontaneous tools, that, you know, the appropriate time for the appropriate response. There's not one response for everything. So let me kind of rein this in for a second so I can make sure I'm understanding. Because I know 
I know what I thought we were going to talk about, and this is just so much better. <laughs> oh, this is the good stuff. This is the good stuff. This is the good stuff. So you were living mindfully, and your your physical being was doing yoga. You were doing a very uh, tough yoga practice, but it's really your spirit, the the inner self, is what you were cultivating. And I want you to. Am I saying this right? Because it's. I know we were saying about the yoga of living, but I had no idea about your background. And so many of us, we kind of think we had a little nomadic experience, but you really did. You really did just go where the wind kind of, not where the wind blew you, but you were allowed to experience based upon your own freedom. And And maybe it was the name, you know? Maybe Cosmos. Makes sense, right? (laughs) But so many of us have, um, we put ourselves in a box, we're put in a box, and there's a lot of social pressure to do what everybody expects, especially if your name is not Cosmos. You know, if, uh, if you're just a typical James, let's say, um, you don't live this life. And so I've, in my work life, Cosmos, I have met some highly successful people. And one or two of them were deep meditators every day. And they said that was really what allowed them to be so successful mm. because they just cleared their mind and they listened. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. So I'm just trying to bring it in to make sure I'm on track with you because mm-hmm. I didn't know all this about you. Uh-huh. And I, so I really yeah. think that that, culti- that cultivation of that depth uh-huh. is, is crucial at, as if it's a living plant, right? Mm-hmm. That the true natural meditation, for lack of better words, really, because... Uh-huh. Meditation is one of those words that means all kinds of different things. Is like pouring water on the roots of a plant, mm-hmm. right? And so that's the water for the roots. Now, all these other things that we do, like the physical practices of yoga, psychotherapy, exercise, yeah. self-exploration, all of these things just loosen the soil. They loosen those identities up that tend to crystallize and... Yeah, they harden they so harden much. They harden so it, easily. It feels impossible to get out sometimes. So how we were raised, mm-hmm. uh, religious Fear. overlays, Just, yeah. what will people fears. Think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all of these things, their great utility is to loosen up, not destroy and get rid of the identities. Just loosen your identity to those. And the more that you rest into that depth the more you identify with it. And it's not like really something that you can express or uh, explain or really even understand, but it's experienceable. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. So I've definitely realized that the mind is limited, how much you can think about things and how Mm -hmm. much you can do about things but what you can experience, that world, that world is the big, broad spectrum of, yeah, you know, what's out there. So yeah. that's kind of uh, how I live with all of these tools that we're talking about. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of why I say, okay, we can talk about yoga and we can talk about... Um, yeah. Massage therapy Massage or something. Massage therapy, yeah. we talk about exercise, all these things, uh, mm-hmm. breathing, exercise. You like all those, exercise. right? Yeah. Oh, I use them every day. I mm-hmm. do them every day. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I choose these pieces that I do that would be different for everyone, mm-hmm. right? Um, only because they loosen up that soil, right? They kind of right. loosen it up so that I can live the good life. So that's kind of the way that I go about it now is living a life worth living uh-huh. and staying alive. I'm thinking about your analogy and I do want to bring up an app that I listened to you on and it, it used this analogy about watering the soil and yes. having a, you know, a yes. solid foundation, not solid to where it's crystallized, but a, a strong foundation so that you can withstand the seasons, you know, whether it's warm and beautiful or cold and harsh, but if you're a plant that's not watered and that soil becomes hard and cracks, I mean, you, you die on the vine, literally. You just die. You live in a, a life of thirst. Yeah. 
And then some people end it, whether they kill themselves or not, they just don't live. And, and it's, uh, so it's so easy sad. that we could take this into any of the great teachers. Yeah. You know, it's so, you could so easily brought to, um, I hate to call it even Christianity, right? I would call it um, Jesus. Yeah, the teachings of Jesus. Right? Yeah. Is that, okay, that's the water. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the water he was talking about was resting into that depth of your being. And that's, that's, mm-hmm. the, that's quenching the thirst. Mm-hmm. You know, so I definitely have experienced that. Are you a follower of Jesus? Again, it's like if someone asked me that, you know, if I was a Christian, I'd mm-hmm. say, um, I'm a Jesusonian. Okay. So yeah. uh, the teachings of Jesus. Because he was a Jew. So, you know, I always listen back and I think, gosh, you know, we, we put him in a box also. Oh, and yeah. And he was not about any of that. Uh-huh. He we was built, about life. We built a religion yeah. about him. Man built that. And I would say that um, the gospel of Jesus is uh, you're loved. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, that's the truth, whether you can... Prove it or not, right? You can, in fact, you can't prove it, right? And we can, you know, you can have a pity party tomorrow mm-hmm. and believe that nobody loves you, no matter how much they're professing or your husband is saying, no, baby, I love you, I love you, I love you. No matter how much they do that, they cannot convince you, right? But when you believe that, you know, right. you, you gain the benefits of that, mm-hmm. which is what I think is the truth. Right. You're loved. Spread the word. Try out, see how that works for you. You know, go out in the day and say, mm-hmm. you know, spread the word. Hey, man, the good news. You're loved. You know, people love that. They do. So, um, you I'm trying to think how to say this. The yoga of living, I guess, encompasses all of your practices. And my thoughts when you were talking went to no matter what it is, whether it's the twelve step program for people that have addictions or Christianity or exercise fanatics, people that do yoga every day, you feel that it's all kind of bringing us to that same place of deeper understanding of, of love, of life. Right. Opening, uh, opening the, uh-huh, some of the mind and the spirit. Mm-hmm. Loosening the soil back Loosening to that kind of, soil. Uh-huh. so all these things are kind of in different uh, gradients of depth. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. it depends which one you're, talking about right mm-hmm. and it's kind of different gradient so i'm always looking at everything as uh like an onion is a good analogy yeah. right and there's all these layers to the onion in mm-hmm. fact an infinite number but at the very center is uh, a good word for that is the transcendent or the depth of your being mm-hmm. uh whatever you want to call that mm-hmm. you know um and then out from there is all of these gradients of who you are all in one one onion mm-hmm. right and on the very outer layer you're your physical body right right so it's all gradients and all these different tools that we use kind of can affect different gradients of it your emotional body which is a little deeper than your physical body and um energetic layers we could talk about chakras and meridians and those aren't the same thing right they're different gradients and i guess also that map what's happened to you where you've been and all the things that's right yeah all the pains Mm -hmm. yeah fear Uh uh-huh so i'm a hot mess no you're not oh i'm a hot mess still just like every other human yeah i just have a bunch of good ideas yeah and a practice and And a daily practice you help people I think feel better about themselves, whether it's physical or um, you know emotional. So mentally, that's yeah. the mission. Yeah, that's so the mission. So we met with my husband John Swift. We were in uh, restorative yoga, and both of us. You know, I used to be so limber, Cosmos. It just it makes me mad at myself that I've not maintained what is easily maintainable if you work at it every day, like you do. You know, stretching, and so we were both in restorative yoga, trying to get over some aches and pains and, you know, the moaning and groaning that goes on with that. And you were just the the biggest breath of fresh air, 
because you just would get people to just accept this is what you can do, you know, and just be. And we hold the poses quite a while. It's kind of, it's, they're not uncomfortable because you're given props, but it's, it's a different experience for many of us to just put our feet up on the wall and stay there for seven minutes or do a child's pose. But it really worked. And I don't know if it was because we relaxed or the stretching or all of it. I think it's because you're a rare student. You and your husband. You think? <laughs> yes. Why? Well, because you're open to that. Yeah, I was surprised about him. Um, he loves it. What he I just, find is yeah. that a very small number of people are actually open to this uh, kind of stuff, mm -hmm. which is to, hey, just just be where you are. In fact, you'll progress quicker the quicker you accept mm -hmm. where you are. Yeah. So we were rare students because we accepted our limitations. I mean, right. it seems like a... A good way know. to, you know, I started to look at yoga, uh, which I think is largely now uh, calisthenics, uh -huh. you know, with the title yoga, um, is the yogic disposition. So if you start to see that every posture is a disposition that you're putting yourself in, uh, as is life most of the time, in many awkward situations and positions that you put yourself in life, they're going to come at you, right? Yeah. So that the yoga posture is really uh, a disposition that you have to be very mindful of, right? Uh, stretch, explore in certain directions, right? It's not going to be easy. You know that, right? But, but learning how to handle the posture is learning how to handle life situations in that sense. And I never really understood that. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I never have studied yoga. I've taken classes, but they were more at health clubs that were kind of, you know, too many people squished in a room. And know? I think that, you know, again, some of these concepts didn't, uh, they came from strange places or different kinds of, you know, uh, yoga teachers. Um, one of them was uh, uh, a guy named David Data, who's, um, I guess he'd be a popular yoga instructor, but more in the sense of this yogic disposition mm -hmm. philosophy. Right. That you're looking at it more as these challenging postures that you're trying to open up in mm -hmm. and be very mindful of all of the problems and, and loving all of the problems as they come too. And I, I feel like I'm getting a little off track with that. But that's okay though. I mean, I, I love this. So you agree with that? You agree with his philosophy? It's helped me out a lot. Uh -huh. And then I see people who actually do gravitate towards that or are willing to oh, yeah. uh, say, okay, I have limitations. What am I going to do with it? Mm -hmm. You know, and not blast through it. You know, so back to the, the yoga. I mean, the word yoga itself means to yoke together, right? Like joinery uh -huh. yoking. Okay. Like two pieces of wood joining together. Uh -huh. Um, union, right? That's kind of the common word of it. So it's really integrating all these parts. And they're just good ideas. They're just these statements. But often in uh, the Yoga Sutras, they're just describing, right? They're not necessarily telling you how to. So, and I think it's different for each person. And each posture unfolds at different rates for whoever's doing it with whatever limitations yeah. mm -hmm. that you go. And so I really think that the physical practice of yoga is a mindfulness practice. To be differentiated from more of that transcending practice, right? Where you're resting into the depth of your being. Yoga, I think in this form is more of a really getting to know and really being mindful of all of the aches and pains uh, the directions of the stretch, okay, the state of the mind, mm -hmm. right? And like we were talking about earlier, so that physical practice is really about loosening up the exterior of your identities and your mind. And right. Your, you know. Mm -hmm. So when you teach, I know um, it's important to you. You've expressed this to me that you're able to teach yoga, and not just go through moves, right? You want people to experience 
what they're capable of and, and to learn and grow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, so I, what I've definitely found is that it's much more challenging at a health club uh -huh. to teach this. Because people just drop in out of the sky, huh? Uh -huh. Well, there's a lot of twice. really strong identities that I see limit people. They, they know what they want to get out of what they call yoga. And, and they're, they're not willing to open up. Now, I teach yoga at a place called Acadiana Cares, which is them. addiction. Claude Martin. Uh-huh, Claude yeah. Martin. Uh-huh, right? friends. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, he's one of my friends. He's, I love him. He's yeah, one of my favorite people in the he's world, really. He's a wonderful fellow, you know? yeah. Don't you just want him to like you back? He's yeah. one of those guys. I just want him to like me. I know. You know? He just cares about <laughs> others. He's, he's so authentic. Yeah. Uh-huh, and solemn mm -hmm. and in stature. and I mean, yeah. he's amazing. Yeah. I love Claude. But what I find is um, a lot of those clients have hit the bottom. Mm -hmm. And they, there's, they're just, there's a certain openness that comes. They're just wide open. And a lot of them have never heard of yoga. Really? They don't have any kind of preconceived notions oh. of what yoga is. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, and so working with those people, it's like they more of them are open to it mm -hmm. just from where their disposition in life. Yeah. You know? Right. So I really get a lot out of working with uh, addiction recovery. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, an that's interesting. Uh, yeah. But I guess health clubs, like you said, they're wonderful because you can kind of experience all types of things. But right. But to get to the depth of yoga, you really like to teach and let people unfold, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. I like to be kind of unlimited mm -hmm. in my approach. So in, you know, a place like Acadiana Cares, they're like, yeah. teach how you want to teach. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Mm -hmm. You know, at a health club, there's more limitations. There's a little more. Yeah. Okay, here's what we kind of want you to do. Yeah, Here don't you go. cross that line, huh? Right. And uh, to be honest, I like to cuss when I teach. You do? Uh, it's you never just did. Like, no, no. Well, not, not at the health club. <laughs> not where I heard you. No. <laughs> I am kind of deaf. But, but I get really passionate, uh -huh. you know, and I really want to, you know, and I was, uh, I got a lot of benefits from a lot of teachers that with love came at me with the correct pressure. And a little correct, curse, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I've cried a few times uh -huh. in, uh, in, uh, with some of my teachers, uh -huh. you know, and, and I trained... Um, one-on-ones. I do a lot of private one-on-ones with teachers. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they have uh, wrecked my ego a couple of times, well, necessarily. Maybe it was needed in oh, the moment. Oh, definitely. You know? Definitely. Yeah. So tell me about today, please. Like, we're here in Lafayette, Louisiana. And I know you teach You teach group, it sounds like, Acadiana Cares is kind of a private, not private, but it's a facility. But for those that are interested in you know, finding more about you, taking classes, or even individual, like, what what do you recommend for people to get started? Like, what's a good way if, let's say somebody is not familiar with yoga, and they feel like it might be too tough for them, and they wanted to come to you, like, what would you recommend? Oh, how to get yeah, to like, me? What, what's the best way to get started? Yeah. And, and uh, I'd say that, you know, if you have physical limitations or injuries mm -hmm. it's wise and i do this with a lot of my clients is to come and, and do one-on-ones 30 minutes you know if that or you can kind of see their uh where they are their limitations and uh -huh. really get them to kind of understand mm -hmm. the beginning dynamics of yoga and how to handle their own injuries and um limitations mm -hmm. before they go to classes Right, because I'd hate for them to go to a, a class or a power yoga or a hot yoga yeah. or and really be kind of yeah, get a, turned off by it. Yeah, hurt their neck or something. Hurt themselves. It's very dangerous out there. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a great place. Another great place, if you don't have so many limitations, is just get on uh, YouTube. You look think? at a video. Look at a beginner yoga, Rodney Yee videos or... Something simple like that. Yeah, yeah sure. Really? Sure, sure. So what is beginner yoga? Like which one is beginner? I'd say that, you know, one of the first things to learn with yoga is how to relax. So if you start from that foundation, mm -hmm. that's the that's the best. That the best of my teachers 
no matter how much I wanted to do and achieve, could see better than me that I needed to learn how to relax first. So that's kind of the first thing to do. So whatever teachers that you do find, Make sure that they're teaching you how to relax first. Is that through the breath first or is that the posture? Or like what, what is that? How do you know, you... yoga nidra is a good thing where you're literally just laying down with props under your knees mm -hmm. and hands and arms and your neck propped upright. And you're just being guided through a mindfulness practice, but a very loose. So you can fall in and out of kind of sleep or that in-between state, like mm -hmm. you get on the massage table, you kind of knock out sometimes right. when you call it sleep. Right. Uh, just to get affiliated with every part of the body and kind of consciously or unconsciously relaxing. Mm -hmm. That's a great place. So also known as uh, Shavasana. Right. You know, at the end of practice, mm -hmm. do it before. Make that the first thing that you do. Lay down, prop everything up and run through the whole body. And just finger by finger, shoulders, you know, the facial muscles are a great place to start. Imagine that you have flowers blooming out the top of your head, <laughs> right? Relax your ears into your head, see what happens. You know, these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the best place wow. to start, just to yeah. free it up. Again, if we're talking about kind of liberating, yeah, right, that kind of, uh, that, that living plant. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to you wanna start to till up the surface layer of the soil, right? The skin and the, mm -hmm. the muscles and the... Right. Yeah. I think that's a great place to start yeah. right there. Well, how do people reach out to you? How do they find you? Like, is there a number or an email that people can reach out to you to contact you? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I have my number and I'm um, always booking clients mm -hmm. and hope to get back started yeah, uh, by the 18th. Good. Um, do you want to share your number or should I just put it in the show notes? Do you want to share your number? Sure. It's Why don't you a, go ahead? It's 337-296-2071. Okay. And I have a Facebook. That you got into. That I got into. I encouraged you, yeah. <laughs> that I can only get into this one way. So I'm trying to figure out. Um, and there's a lot of information there too. Yeah. And will be more. Yeah. I just think me. people would enjoy you. And I, I want to talk about it a little bit more, but I just wanted to get that in that people could contact you. So once you relax, there are just some basic yoga classes though, right? Like what is a real beginner class? If somebody was, let's say they were going to Reds or another health club, what, what beginner type of class? Is it called beginner? Or? I would go for those restorative classes. Uh -huh. I really and, enjoy that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Y'all both really you and yeah. your husband really take to that, and I so appreciate. It. I love to see that. Well, we we kidded about it and said we were like two slugs, but in fact, a lot of our pain went away. It was just a, it was it seemed like a miracle, but it wasn't. <laughs> do you know how hard it is for so many people to do that? An hour. We are in oh. this fast-paced achieving world that does not stop until now until but John the COVID. Would. Remember right? how sometimes he would snore? He just fell asleep. Oh. It, it's he a compliment it. to the chef. I mean, really. I'm like, yes, rest in, go the ahead. The day, it's just perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's and it's a different thing than, even though there's snoring going on, it's different than <laughs> sleep, you know? Because he was in his posture. In that posture, getting benefits. Yeah. As his pra, he knows what he's doing with mm -hmm. his shoulder and, yeah. and propped up right so you can relax. Mm -hmm. That's it. Again, it's that relaxing. I know. I and I see so many people with so many distortions. I mean, I've been doing massage for a long time, so I see mm -hmm. people walk down the road, and I'm like, ooh, ooh. What ooh, are most of us doing? That, we that probably are industry. like the way we walk, huh? Oh, it just depends. It just depends. Feet. Uh-huh. Well, you can have those hips forward, or you can have that sway back. Mm -hmm. You know, you can see the toe, toed outlook. I always walking like wonder, a penguin. how do people do that like a penguin, huh? Their feet right. go out. Well, a lot of people do do that, yeah. and then fewer people toe in. Uh-huh. Right, where it's tight in the front. Uh -huh. And so that towing out speaks to the tight lower back and the buttocks and uh -huh. the sacrum and all that gets really tight on people and those hips come forward. Oh. So And we don't know it. We're just going about our no. business and then without these paying people, attention. And then these people go to, you know, superpower yoga classes. Mm -hmm. And even though those are good postures, those are the traditional yoga postures, they're kind of overlaying patterns on top of bad patterns. 
So it becomes a conditioning, right? So people are conditioning themselves. And I would say that that should be the difference of what yoga is and a lot of other practices. Like we'd say, oh yeah, there's yoga and there's Pilates and there's Tai Chi and mm -hmm. these are all, you know, equally as good. Well, the yoga should be about relieving and freeing the structure. You know, Pilates seems to be more about conditioning yeah. for strength, which is very good mm -hmm. and sta stability of right. the back, the spine as the core, great. Uh, tai Chi also has a more of a conditionings, even though it's free in some ways and strengthening in the legs and the, yeah. right, and some good stuff. But the yoga should really be, you know, uh, towards the alleviation of stress and right. the freeing of the structures of the body so that you can go do the things you want to do, like play tennis and Walk run and play without, with your kids. Yeah, and, without pain. Yeah. Yeah. Sit so, on the floor. And that's again, that's where it's just, that's just that one good piece mm -hmm. uh, about living that good life. Because I really want to uh, enter into that moment. Again, we haven't even kind of talked about this kind of, you know, the moment's accessible to us to just kind of enter into. And I know that I do that with my kids. Just a moment where I'm looking, I, I'm, I decide in a moment, oh, wait. Okay, my kids are all playing in the living room and yeah, they're fighting each other and almost mm -hmm. killing each other and destroying everything. Mm -hmm. And um, okay, let me apply some yoga tools. Let me relax my shoulders. Take a deep breath. You do that like just kind of. <sighs> oh, all the time. Oh, I mean, I do it, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's great, you know? <laughs> and, and it helps me only because it helps me enter into that moment. So it makes all these moments available to me. And so, I, and so in that moment, oh, there's, there's my five-year-old little girl. And I'm looking at her and I'm, and I'm really interested in her. Yeah. You can open up into the moment. It really is being really interested in what's happening. And so really, I'm just, I'm just watching her and loving her or something. And she looks up at me. And I'm looking at her before she's looking at me. Before the child needs me, because she sees that I'm so occupied with my own stress over there, right? And later on, it builds up, and they're yeah, just nagging at you, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Instead, I was right there in that moment, and all it took was that moment. And she saw me looking at her, she smiled, and she turned back to play. And she doesn't need me for hours later, mm -hmm. right? It's like being kind of uh, ahead of the game. It's kind of preemptive strike. Right. Can I ask something? Are you thinking in the moment, let's say, she'll only be five for a blip on the radar? Or is it even deeper, just I'm here looking at her? You know what I'm let's saying? Let's see. Let's see. You know, does that make sense? Authentically, yes. Yes. But I'm really not trying to do anything except. You know, like, yeah. Just except thinking about all the different things in life, but just there's my daughter. Uh huh. And I desire this moment. Yeah. This is desirable. Mm -hmm. Right. So. It's kind of like that. It's not like, oh, I should be like this or I should yeah, do that. Or it's kind of growing up one day and I won't be able to come back and then going off thinking? on your own, you know. I'm just thinking, uh -huh. I'm just thinking, man, I love that little yeah, girl. I love her. Right. And I do it with my other kids too, in mm -hmm. also different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm big into playing chess. And that's a great arena for being present. Yeah. Right. In a, strategic way mm -hmm. but playing and kind of pushing on yeah. egos and you know it, i don't let my kids win you, don't you like know it. no no oh what would they be without adversity mm -hmm. and losing A challenge in yeah. fact in my house we kind of we kind of know the motto is it's like there's so much to be learned from losing yeah that's where it's at i was always competitive you know? too <laughs> oh my god the five-year-old just wants to Dad, it just no, win. On, it's man. too stressful. And another way to get them to stop fighting, I, I only have two girls though, so four is a little different. They would have to hold hands when they were fighting and sing Kumbaya. And they hated it. <laughs> but it would stop the drama. They did not want that. They did not they want knew that. They did not want and that. I loved it. I loved hearing them sing. But yeah, but I don't know about four of them with a 16 year old and a five year old. It's. It's kind of the spectrum there. You know, that's a lot oh, of kids. And again, back to all the practices. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, every morning the priority is I have to be up at six o'clock and meditate. You okay. do just to get your day. Every single day. How long do you meditate these days? Never more than 20 minutes. 
never more than I don't think it's I don't mm-hmm. think it's necessary, right? And um, I don't practice mindfulness meditation. I was going to ask you do, you: do you do guided, or you just sit? I, if there's anything to be compared to what I do, right? It, I'd say it's tra- meditation by which you transcend. So it's more transcendental. So I don't spend time uh, uh, paying attention, efforting in that way, mm-hmm. right? To my breath or to my sensations on my skin. Those are those are great tools. You know, those are great tools. Mindfulness meditation can lead you into the same place. But um, I allow my awareness to rest onto self. Uh, the self being, like we talked about, the onion. Mm-hmm. And on the exterior, it's your physical body. So it's just kind of like I just uh, allow my... It's very hard to uh, even talk about and even harder to teach. Uh, what I would say is there's some good things to know about it, which is anybody who's interested in learning meditation, one of the first things that I would say is that you don't have to get rid of your thoughts. It's important to know that they're actually a very crucial part of the process. They're important. So as you rest in, thoughts naturally bubble Mm -hmm. out to the surface. Mm -hmm. So it may feel like you thought the whole time. It doesn't mean nothing happened. Thoughts bubble out to the surface, uh, alleviating stress. So it's really just the thoughts are the alleviation of stress. So you want to have an avenue for those thoughts to just bubble out slowly as you let your awareness rest into the depth of your being. And again, very easy to say, mm-hmm. right? And harder to teach. So I simply just uh, let my awareness rest. And I pick it up on the physical body. Uh, maybe it, it's a little deeper feeling. You know, and these are just examples, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and, and then thoughts, sure enough, are always going to be there, right? I don't, but I don't have to do anything with them. Mm-hmm. So I know that. And so I don't, I don't have to worry about that. You don't put them on the uh, assembly line and let them go down. You don't have visualizations. You just I don't even have to let them go. Them and don't even have to acknowledge them. I just know that they're an important part of it. So I am done. I don't need to do anything with them. If thoughts take me away, it's okay. It's, you know, when it's effortless, mm-hmm. it's like it rests back, it rests back in to the depth of my being. Right. So, so really my meditations are really restful and they're not, done, they're not done with a lot of doing or efforting or letting go. Letting go is efforting in a sense. So you wake you know? up and you do this early do you get coffee sure. first or you just like... No, I, you know, I really believe that the meditation, be in your naturalist form. Mm-hmm. I even think that you should meditate um, this kind of effortless natural meditation with the least amount of changing yourself. So even I wouldn't do, I don't meditate after I do yoga. I meditate first. I'll meditate and it just be two separate things. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love Shavasana. So I'm going to, yeah. I get, I believe in Shavasana. Mm-hmm. Everybody listening, don't you skip Shavasana. Yeah. That is one of the most important postures, if not the most important posture, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. It's where you let go. It's where you integrate. It's where you let everything settle. The benefits will stay with you longer. Right. You know. That's so cool. So that's the meditation mm-hmm. that's practiced. And that's just, again, that's just the practice of meditation. The whole point of doing all of the other practices is to help and the meditation to cultivate that putting water on the roots. It's really the plant, the living plant. It's really the living truth. That's the deepest thing that I've found in this whole mm-hmm. journey thus far. And there's so many ways to do that and uh, to live it. So that's the real thing. I only do all these practices every day so that I'm more apt to enter into the moment more of the day. And believe me, I mean, I get distracted and I get stressed and I 
fail once a day at least, you know? So that's all part of it, but I'm at least increasing my chances. Yeah. You know? You sleep well at night? Oh, most of the time. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Some nights I don't, you know? And my body, look, I got problems in my body from doing massage therapy for so long and conditionings that yeah. life puts on me and having the kids and all these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I will say also that uh, music is a huge part of it for me. And I'm not a professional musician, but music, entering into it with all of this, all of this kinds of philosophy, oh my gosh, the world of music, when you're really interested in what you're doing, I mean, so in the past four years, I'd say, three years, four years, um, I started playing this kind of music, right? I, I, I met a friend who's now my best friend, uh-huh. right? This buddy of mine who comes from a completely different background. It was so unexpected that I would meet somebody like this that was not from the yoga world or from any of that background. Any of my, all of the ideologies that I had taken on and shed, the identities that I mm-hmm. took, you know, just completely not from there. Um, this guy's a, a philosophy professor at UL. Cool. Oh my uh, goodness. Uh, Jesse Saloon. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that is so yeah, cool. Mr. Saloon. Check what, him out. What kind of music do you guys And so like? he comes from his whole critical yeah. thinking, uh-huh. evolutionary psychology and philosophy background. So when we met, it was like two different, it's like, uh, do you know who Django Reinhardt is? No. The gypsy jazz musician. No. From the 30s. Cool. And he uh, he did not know how to sign his name, right? He grew up true gypsy uh-huh. and a master musician, of, but just by ear. And he met one of the most trained, Stefan Grappelli, right, a violinist, mm-hmm. right, who was so good. When they met, it was magic. It was the most amazing, contrasting thing. So it's kind of like that with him, is that with my kind of music and my creative background and performance mm-hmm. and gosh, we didn't even, uh, I used to do street performance and acro oh, yeah. yoga. Yeah. And all. I mean, there's so much stuff that I'm, <laughs> that we're all part of this and part two yeah. performance <laughs> groups and stuff, you know, and the improv and, mm-hmm. and so he's really, uh, so we, we get together once a week and do this thing. That's like the ultimate tilling of the soil and loosening the structures, right. By like talking out life. And asking the question, what is the good life and how do I live it? So it's just, we just work out our, our problems mm-hmm. and, and, and decide together through critical thinking and creative thinking and, and get these resolves. And it's just like loosening up all of those identities so well. Then we go play music. Oh, and I bet it's beautiful. And Gosh. like I, I play piano and I play uh, some African drums, some didgeridoo uh-huh. and a little bit of guitar. Didgeridoo, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, I play any instrument. By ear. By ear. We just play. And what does he play? We just, every instrument. Every instrument. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Wow. And so we can, we can but we're so, um, there's moments and we've gotten really good at it. We do this once a week for like uh, two years now. When you decide to enter the moment, enter into, you can feel it. You know, right? You know when you've entered into it. And it's like, this person has my best interest in mind, and I have his best interest in mind. And when you have that, I mean, it is really fantastic what happens. And it's so hydrating. Mm -hmm. So again, so this other thing is that all these practices are so good. They're so great, but life is all about people. I really believe that. So you can go sit in a cave and meditate, you know, for 40 years, but you can go play music with somebody for an hour and I think progress quicker and faster. Isn't that something? In that free, in that, I wouldn't even call it freedom. I think that's a terrible word for it. I think it's a liberation, mm-hmm. you know? So um, that's what I'm interested in these days. Right. Is entering into the moment with people. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's the good. That's the good life. Right. And same thing with the kids. And then that practice just 
bleeds out into all these other people. Mm-hmm. Really sincerely being interested in people, you know, and that's yeah. yeah. But by being interested in them, they can be themselves too, you know. Like you, you that's give right. other people liberation. That's right. It's okay. It's okay to just be exactly how you are. And that's what we've practiced. So, I mean, that's a really, mm-hmm. that's the practice. Just really being okay with people and how they are. Yeah. And I, it feels like I've been blessed in that way. To have somebody who is just okay with me how I am. Yeah. And, you know, we have all these things. I still have all these mm-hmm. not good enough or worthiness issues. They They always rise up. We are who we are. Right? But. But you can get really good at at being okay with who you are, mm-hmm. right? Especially if you have a witness there. Yeah. Someone who's really... It honors that, huh? Uh-huh. And that's the same thing with like performance and and the, and the music is the same thing. Man, I'm just going to play because I want you to just... I'm just going to bear witness to what you have to say. So we play music. We speak to each other. Mm-hmm. And believe me, we're like, we're not the master musicians. <laughs> I know, but I mean, that's not what it's about. You can take one note. You're not trying to write an album or, no. you know. <laughs> You're just feeling. Spotify. <laughs> feeling, you yeah. know, and, awesome. and then getting the benefits from it. Mm-hmm. So it's not about uh, becoming that master. It's, right. it's the benefits. And when you get a taste of that, right, they say you, you, don't, uh, you, you don't know what a strawberry tastes like until you taste it, until you take a bite. Yeah, I can't, I can't describe that to you. Right. You can't describe can it. You can't tell me what it tastes like, all yeah. that kind of stuff. It's a mm-hmm. great analogy for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Until, you, until you take that risk, because it's kind of scary to enter into it. Mm-hmm. It kind of demands that you let go of, you know, kind of who you think you are and all your kind of stuff that you, your baggage that you take along with you. It'll be waiting for you when you come back. It'll still be there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, again, that's why I do yoga. And meditate. And uh, I make it into the Wim Hof method. I do uh, uh, breathing exercises in the morning and cold shower therapies. Oh, and, yeah. You do uh, all that? Do it every morning. Wim Hof. Right after I meditate, I do that. How do you spell that? W-I-M-W-O-H-O-F. W-I-M-H-O-F. Yeah, I've heard of that. And that's his name. Uh-huh. Uh, this he's guy the from the Netherlands. Yeah. yeah, he's a hoot. I love that cold therapy Check him stuff. out. Yeah. He's just a hoot in himself. Right, you know? right. Wim Hof. <laughs> Check him out. Yeah. Well, I want to mention a couple of things. Um, I wish we could just go on. We'll probably have to do another show in the near future. There's so much. I want to mention that for people that um, would like to hear Cosmo's voice in meditation, there is a free app, and it is Hope, Mindfulness, and Prayer. And I think if you look under right. your apps, either on Google or iTunes or wherever you get your apps, it's, it looks like a hope symbol it says hope but it's hope mindfulness and prayer and i think the first 12 maybe first 12 are or free you can get free the, and then if you want to continue you can sign up and i didn't get all the details but i think it's really worth people listening because it's a combination of learning how to be more mindful about your body and your posture and breathing and then there's a, a scriptural message and then you in your beautiful voice you expound upon like in the first one I listened to about being still, you talked about time is the only thing that we can never get back. So it's, you know, don't squander it. You're squandering yes. God in the moment. And I just sat there going, gosh darn it. I know this, but to be reminded is just a beautiful thing. So, to, to hear it, right? And you're, to hear you're it. Like, okay. So while I like sitting still, it's also kind of cool to have guided meditation when you need to get back on track, you know? So I want people to listen to that. And would you please share your phone number again? Okay, it's uh, 337-296-2071. Yeah, I know there's much more than yoga and massage therapy. I know you also teach people how to let loose and have fun and and expand their consciousness, I guess. there's Entering into it. Yeah. Right, so I've even, uh, you know, done parties with people where I take people in group exercises and we do these fun, playful. Yeah, it's so fun. It's so fun. It's so fun. (laughs) You'll come over to somebody's house and just... Yeah, I've done it for a lot of friends in different parties or birthdays, right? And lead them through kind of an interactive uh, performance. Very simple, like we were talking about, like babbling to each other Uh or doing some uh, side-by-side storytelling, 
right? Or uh, all kinds of different things, depending on the party too, you know, uh-huh. uh, we can, we can push the edge. Oh, right. But piece, it's basically yeah. like playing and uh-huh. again, making all of these opportunities to enter into the moment mm-hmm. at the same time being so okay with, you don't have to do anything. You don't even have to leave your comfort zone, right? I would never make anybody do that. But what you do is you just facilitate. You just mm-hmm. facilitate opportunities to enter into that moment. That sounds so, like fun. That's so fun. I know. I love that God. stuff. Cosmos Vickery, I'm, I'm just honored to be getting to know you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm so I've glad we met. I know. I feel like that was just meant to be. Um, and for my husband to get into yoga, I'm telling you, because he just preconceived notions. He didn't know, you know, and right. just was blown away, literally just loves it. And now we're going to have to get back into it, his shoulders healing, and he's not on the mend, but close, you know, and I think mm. that's going to help him kind of get back that flexibility. So I want to encourage people to find out more about Cosmos Vickery. And also want to thank you for listening to Nourish Your Health at Every Age. And in closing, I'd also like to thank uh, Raider and Jason Sikora for mixing our tape today. Raider has been a um, big supporter of not only Nourish Your Health at Every Age, but also our sister podcast, Discover Lafayette. So we're very grateful. So for this podcast and all of them, you can go to nourishyourhealth.life. Or you can subscribe on your phone by going to iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcast. On behalf of Nourish Your Health, this is Jan Swift. Thank you. Thank you.